When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Sky Sports Fantasy Football Game Week 8 Preview, courtesy of Fantasy Football Scout. I am Luke and as ever I am joined by Niall. How's it going mate? Not too bad, yeah, not too bad. Had enough time between uh, the weekend and now to recover from what was another another disappointing one. But I feel like people are going to be getting getting bored of us saying this every time we <laughs> come into these podcasts. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll save the the inevitable misery and gloom for you. Um, but yeah, other than the fantasy football, life's good. How about you? Yeah, I can't complain outside the fantasy football. It's been, it's pretty much since overhaul, it's been pretty desperate most weeks. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of uh, the guys listening will have also suffered, unless you've got a very specific combination of players, you'll have, you'll have had some players uh, miss out, you know, get injured, uh, not perform, which has been a running theme. But um, I think most of the picks in general are, are still pretty good. There's probably a few that you guys are sort of tossing and turning in your sleep as to whether to kick out of your team or not. Um, and hopefully we can help guide you with what we've got planned. So rather than go through questions this time, we thought we'd just uh, review our weeks first of all. And then um, we've kind of made a team each that we'd... We only spent five minutes on it in truth, but I think it, a lot of it lends itself to you know the fixtures and the players that are doing well at the moment and... Um, we come up with two alternative teams where if I was just a wild card or overhaul right now, what would my perfect team look like? Um, so we're going to give, we're going to make a case for each of our teams, and then uh, we'll look forward to the fixtures. So I know you hinted at it there; the week didn't go great, but anything, anything you want to report from your team? Anything stand out or any issues you need to solve? Uh, no, no new issues, which is always nice. Um, but there were a couple of issues I had to resolve, so. Going into the weekend, I was still carrying Webster, mm. um, which I was actually quite pleased about because I think the extra week allowed me to kind of think about things more and hopefully make the right move. Um, and actually, I brought in Gallagher, who on Monday night did well. So I was happy with that. That was the one thing that went well this week. Um, but I, another problem I had was Torres, who other people might be carrying still. Took him out and brought in Marcos Alonso, who I think I spent about 10 minutes on the last video we did talking about what, what a great option he is and he uh he was back to his his cart horse self and cruised to one point so <laughs> i'm a bit concerned i'm a bit concerned about that move now the guy the only man who seems to have been delivering 10 points plus in every match is now delivering one point now that i've brought him in but it was against man city so fingers crossed he uh he makes the team at the weekend and and can right the ship a bit um yeah other other things to report Ronaldo captain fail. I'm sure most people experienced that. I think a lot of people were on Ronaldo, the majority probably. Salah ended up being the better pick. Um, didn't have any City defence, who again dominated and looked brilliant. Um, and yet Chelsea flopping was, was, wasn't was great for me because I had, over the last couple of weeks, started to stack my team up with some Chelsea players. Not yeah. necessarily for the weekend, but for the for the weekend, for the fixtures coming up from this weekend. Um, and on Sunday... So I was badly hungover. I, I watched Salah's highlights from Saturday and I just, you know, when you're hungover, you can get quite anxious. I was I was just overwhelmed with dread at the prospect of him playing against Watford and me not having him because I was thinking about bringing in Kane. Mm. 
So I terrified myself into thinking that Salah was completely undrovable. So I kept him, and I decided instead to captain El Yunusi, who got two points. So you can imagine my uh, my anxiety after the 2pm game, when he gets two points, and lots of people have brought in Kane, and he's going to be hugely owned and captained. Yeah. And Kane, as I'm sure you'll talk about in a minute, didn't do anything. So, um, yeah, that was the weekend, and then Gallagher on Monday night, who who did, did great. How yeah. about you? Hero he was. Um, yeah, not not too dissimilar, really. I mean, I've got a back four of Chelsea, um, Mendy and goal, and then a back three of defenders, Rudiger, Christensen and Alonso. So I did the same as you. I actually moved Torres to Alonso. Now, I was planning on keeping him, but when he wasn't in the lineup again and Alonso was just sat there, I just decided to do it sort of spur of the moment almost, like five minutes before the deadline ended. Wish I hadn't now because it's one point. Then he probably plays... I think he's playing, well, actually the game's tomorrow, isn't it? So he'll probably play tomorrow, and then I don't know whether he'll play the next game. But like you, he was pretty dreadful in that game, wasn't he? So, again, that's I'm supposed to be a Sky expert or someone who's got experience. And uh, I keep bringing in these players who I know aren't necessarily nailed, which it's just stupid, to be honest. I, I do worry about him, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe he plays, scores, gets a clean sheet versus Southampton, change my tune. Um, so when they when they obviously don't perform, which was kind of expected to be honest against against City to some extent, um, it's not going to be a great week because they all had one point and then Mendy had two. I did have Diaz though, who I've had from the start in this team, and I'm glad I made that decision to to be honest because he's probably one of the only players who's just consistently turning me out points every single week as we expect from him. Rafinha performed again, so again I think he makes up. He's just an integral part of our teams. I think Leeds have been pretty dire, but he's still found a way to find find points. So I just think once they're firing and playing better, he can only get better, I hope. Um, Yeah, I didn't have Ronaldo. So the main benefit this week was obviously most people went captain on Ronaldo. um, And I don't even own him. And obviously that's punished me in previous weeks uh, massively. Um, But this week I went with Salah. So in that team I did pretty well. Got 18 points off of Salah. Um... And, yeah, Lukaku, I had him, 2-pointer. Antonio, 9 points, that was fine. And I actually did do the Salah to Kane move. Um, So that was probably... The difference between us, I guess, was Salah captain and Diaz, pretty much, because I also had Gallagher. And in the end, I I did bring Kane in. Now, I wasn't expecting too much from Kane in that game, to be honest with you. Um, And he, he certainly didn't offer too much, but... For me, it's like it's still just in the weeks coming up. He he offers the best captain choice on paper, anyway, for several of the games. So I'm hoping at some point he's going to re- repay the faith there. But there's every possibility he doesn't do that. And I did have Antonio sat in my team, so I could have sat there. So for me, I've just got to escape that Watford game with Salah. Haven't I? That's that's the main one. If Salah goes crazy in that game, then it's probably not going to be worth it, even if Kane does really well. So that's what I've got to get away with. But Overall, it was a better week for me in terms of the previous weeks and comparatively to quite a few, but it's still not a great week, is it, when you know nearly all of your back five get one point, so <laughs> not not fantastic. And 72 points in the end, uh, which was a slightly rose up, I think, a little bit anyway. Um, yeah. That seems like a pretty good return. I mean, it's uh, quite funny because this time last week I was grilling you on uh, not having Ronaldo and what were you going to do when he hauled at the weekend and, you know... Antonio, yeah, he could do well, but Ronaldo's pretty much guaranteed to start on five points. Yeah, and then he, then the penalty comes, he doesn't even take it. I was absolutely raging, mm. to be honest. But uh, I think we're now sleeping easy on the fact that he's, I'm sure, taking penalties off Bruno after what we saw yeah. <laughs> on Saturday. I um, thought so. But we can come to that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I kind of lucked out a little bit there. But I suppose, again, when I look back on that decision now, so I, I went without without Ronaldo for the three games to save that transfer and have Antonio as cover. Now, I truly believe that if Antonio hadn't got himself sent off, it would have worked out because now people are shipping Ronaldo out. Do you see what I'm saying? It, it, it was only that one week where he was captain and he got that brace and Antonio got the red, which has destroyed my season, to be fair. <laughs> but um, if that had just gone slightly different, I think it was not a bad decision overall over the three weeks. Because so I think people would prefer Antonio than Ronaldo moving forward for at least for the initial few fixtures. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's the feeling I get. You might just be looking into the crystal ball of my mind as to um, the transfers that I'm planning this weekend. Ah, so, lovely. There we go. Okay, um, so we're going to look through a couple of teams here that we've put together just to give an idea of... of who we think would well form part of a perfect team if we could get there and often I do this I don't know if you do it Niall but I kind of play around with the team and think well how many transfers could I get to this exact point if I did them all and of course by the time you often get there a lot of the time the perfect team will have changed I don't know if that happens like you probably change your mind every week slightly on certain ones but um, I'm going to bring your one up here that I asked you to do um, so let's go to it now so here in the background is the team that Niall's made I'm just going to read it out uh, so we've got Ramsdale in goal, Christensen and Rudiger at the back, Cancelo and Diaz also, so double Chelsea, double City, uh, Rafinha, Saar and Gallagher in midfield, with Salah, Antonio and Lukaku up top. I don't know if you've got any money in the bank there at all, but um, yeah. There's 0.4 in the bank. Okay, lovely. Yeah, so talk us through that then, because I mean, I've got quite a few of them in my current team. I'm sure you guys listening will have, but uh, I really, really like it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think that as I've talked about most of the season on these these videos, is that um, I think the midfield is generally pretty dispensable. You mm. don't need to have any very expensive players in there, albeit you know they're, they're all still pretty decent assets. And I think if we fast forward in a few weeks' time and we'll look back on where we went from the overhaul to, to then, I think those three midfielders, Rafinha, Saar and Gallagher, will emerge as the, the best value picks. Obviously, Saar has been getting double-digit hauls. Um, Gallagher got a great return with the captaincy and, and Rafinha looks looks absolutely outstanding despite the fact that he's meant to be injured. So I think those three are probably the best value midfielders. So actually, that was the starting point. I know the fact that the midfield is where you can save budget. I thought, okay, I'm going to go heavy up top. I'm going to go heavy at the back. Get the cheap enablers in that midfield uh, and look at what you can have. I mean, double Chelsea, double Man City, Chelsea haven't returned as well as I would have hoped they have would have would have done so far. With mm. I know they got the clean sheet against Spurs, but they didn't get passing bonus. They've got nothing against City, but I fully expect over the next run of games that they're going to start ticking along with some clean sheets and certainly with passing bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, Christensen and Rudiger both look look good. Christensen's only missed one game this season, and that was after the the uh, three back to back ninety minutes that he played for uh, for Denmark. And now James is injured at least for this week. So I think he's going to be he's he's going to be pretty pretty nailed on for a little while, uh, and then Cancelo and Diaz. I mean, they need no introductions. They've, they've ruined my season those two. But if uh, if I had an overhaul today, this is <laughs> they'd certainly be in my team. And then in goal, we this is something we've talked about in the past. We talked about the Arsenal coverage and who you want is Ramsdale nailed? Do you want to go for Aubameyang or do you want to go defensive? After watching Ramsdale at the weekend, I thought he was I thought he looked really good, made some excellent saves and looked the part, looked like he was a goalkeeper that was playing with confidence. And so I don't think he's gonna get dropped in the next few. 
uh, and he covers both those captaincy games mm. um, in, in in mid October. So that's that's purely the reason he's in there. I mean, he could have been another cheaper goalkeeper, or you know, if it tinkered around, he maybe could have gone up to uh, Amendi or Ederson. But I think he's going to represent a good option in the next few weeks. And then the front three of Salah, Antonio, and Lukaku, and yeah, I feel I, I feel like you've basically made the team that I was arguing for last week, and I've made the team that you were arguing for last week. Yeah. Um, but the, the the threemium, as it's been described, I think with Antonio back, and now that Kane has already had the game that Antonio couldn't cover, I think if I was picking the team now with Antonio against Brentford and Everton, where Kane's got Villa and Newcastle, the fact that Antonio's in slightly better form, much better form. Mm. and he's cheaper, I think he probably just edges it if it allows you to get the defence that I've got there. So that's the that's the logic behind it. And then Salah and Lukaku both in there for, for captaincy options this Saturday and next Saturday. So yeah, love what it. What do you think of it? No, I think it's really, really good. I'm going to throw, I'm just going to try and pick some holes on it just for, you know, that's my job, isn't it? Uh, Ramsdale I really like, but just on this on that note, Jose Sarr, people who went with him and captain him got 30 points. That was the killer, actually. The difference between my team that got 70 points. Like if it, if I had a Sarr and had him as captain, like some people did, then obviously you've had an absolute monster. But that's mental, isn't it? I can't believe... I mean, this is the thing. I've said it before about goalkeepers can offer really good captain picks in this game. And yeah, they're not going to get an assist every single time. But he already got the clean sheet and saves. And I mean, he, was, he should have got man of the match as well, to be honest, I thought, or at least be close to it. Um, so yeah, it's just I was just mentioning that because you've got Ramsdale down, who would obviously be your captain for those two Arsenal games. Now I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being amongst the top, you know, the best captain you could possibly pick for Arsenal. Obviously, a Bamiyang on paper looks like he's the best one, but um, he could easily cruise to a couple of two pointers there. Whereas Ramsdale, you know, the clean sheet he gets the two extra points, and then even if he concedes, you'd expect that he'd probably make some saves if that was the case. So I think he's arguably a more consistent captain and and has got almost as high a ceiling. So I really do like that. Um, Cancelo and Christensen, any concerns over nailedness? Because obviously you've got Rudiger and Diaz, who are, I imagine, like, let's say you can't see the lineups. I know you've got Lukaku sat there, but you know, part, of, part of captaining a Man City player or a Chelsea player and you haven't seen the lineups, you want someone who's consistent. So I imagine it would just go straight to Diaz or Rudiger each time, would it, as the armband? Yeah. That's the reason why I've had. Can Cancelo and Christensen, but alongside Rudiger and Diaz, because they I recognise that they are more likely to be rotated. Although Cancelo doesn't seem to be getting rotated at all right now, mm. um, he's playing again in the Champions League. But um, yeah, so I think just for that security, if let's say there was a uh, you know a Man City game on a Saturday, you wanted to captain the, uh, the a Man City player. If the game was a, an early kickoff and you got to see the team, I'd captain Cancelo because I think yeah. the ceiling's higher. 100%, but if it was yeah. a, a late kickoff, you could see the lineups. You've got the security of Diaz there, so that's the reason I had both of them in there. And the same with the Chelsea players. I think, um, not that I think that Rudiger has a lower ceiling than Christensen, uh, but Christensen is just such great value. And if he's going to be a cheap route into that Chelsea defence, yeah. then I think it's a it's a roll of the dice I'm willing to make. Yeah, I'd captain him over Rudiger if I saw him in the lineup as well, because he's more likely to get passes. He, he often gets tier yeah. two, whereas Rudiger only manages tier one, doesn't he? So, especially if he's playing in the centre of the back three. So, yeah, I really like that for that setup. I think that's really that's really good. And obviously, the fixtures coming up. I mean, Man City's fixtures barely matter, it seems, and 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 even just Chelsea so far, because they've both been the top defenses and they've had pretty tough fixtures overall. But now with this upcoming run, that could really um, pull dividends, I think, and I really like that. 
Um, Rafinha and Gallagher, they're also in the team that I'm going to show you in, in a minute. I, I think those two are just a staple of the midfield at the moment. I don't think you can get better than those two really for... I mean, Gallagher's he's been fine. He's not like out of this world, but because he's 7.3 million, um, I, I just think there's, there's no one else around that value who, who looks as good. You could argue Mbomo, which I'm going to show you again. I think it's 7.2 could be. But I don't think he's got as many avenues to points as Gallagher has. I think there'll be quite a lot a lot of twos there. And Saar, obviously, he's done fantastic so far. The only thing I'd say on him is his fixtures now turn a little bit and um, are probably not quite as good. So would you still have Saar over... I mean, there's several other midfielders, isn't there, that you could have around that price. Sent maximum, 7.9, isn't he? And then you've got, like, Ben Rama, 7.8. You, you know the guys that are all around the price. So even Mbomo himself, yeah, yeah. Who, who in a couple... I know they've got a couple of tough games, Brentford, but then... I think it starts from Leicester. They've got like a really nice run. So would you still go Saar even though the fixtures start going a little bit worse? I think I probably would just because it's so difficult to predict when those mid-range midfielders are actually going to do something. Mm. Um, and so I think the thing with Saar is you know that he's guaranteed to play every game. He's a talisman. He might be on penalties. People seem to think that he's on penalties as well. We haven't, we haven't had one yet, so we don't know. No, I'm not sure um, yet. But he, I think, I think he's he's a real stand option. And although their fixtures are poor in the short term, if this was a team I was picking for the whole season, I think he would be in there. Um, and you know, people who went from him from the overhaul have already been paid back by how well he's done. I think he's, you know, even if he does nothing for a long time now, you, you you've already banked those points. So yeah. no, I, I do think that he, I do think that he's the kind of player that you could put in and not touch until the next overhaul. Yeah, I've had him in my B team and he's been a large part of why that team has, has done actually pretty well compared to my A team. I think from memory, he's only blanked once the rest of the weeks. He's actually got shot tears. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if he has got penalties, it just elevates him again, doesn't it? Sent Maximum's got really good fixtures. I'd be tempted by him for a little while. I think he's in that category. I mean, I went Triore in my A team, which has been an absolute travesty. And if you sat there with Triore right now, there is a Wolves versus Everton game coming up, a single game in a few weeks' time. To be honest, considering Trier didn't even start at the weekend, um, uh, I think I'd probably just get rid and I'd even just write off that game if you haven't got anyone. I just, yeah. apart from the man of the match that he's got, he's just he's not offering anything, is he? I was hoping that he'd come through on his on his data and then if he's just not going to play every single game, now, it could just be a one-off that he was rested. He was even bought on in the game, right? I think he probably will start next week. But they have got Podence, they have obviously got Neto, they've got Huang. I know Neto's not back yet. Jimenez has now scored. Trincao they've got. So I think at the end of the day, if you're not performing, if you're not actually delivering the assists or goals, the manager will have to eventually give up on you, right? Or or, or at least rest you and bring one of those other guys in. They've, they've got lots of options. So I got rid this week. And what I'm trying to say is don't let that one captain game like um, cloud your thoughts because... There's every chance for a start. He doesn't even play on that day. If he does, he gets two points, double to four. Like, what? Do you know what I mean? You'd have to get lucky. If Vitrara gets a haul in that game, I mean, you've done pretty well because he gets one haul about eight years. <laughs> about eight years time span, doesn't he? So you'd have to be pretty bad luck. Knowing me, it will happen now, but yeah. And that's if you look at my team here, you'll see that I've not factored in that Wolves Everton game at all. Yeah. Just, it's difficult to see. It's difficult to, to, put, to you know, hang your hat on somebody doing well in that game. Yeah. Um, I suppose our mate Gray, who hasn't, who yeah. has done what, we don't particularly like him, but he does keep returning the points. So I suppose you could have Gray in place of Saar and then move it later. But yeah, yeah, that's an option. That's an option. That's an option. 
If, if you think it's worth a transfer, then definitely, but I, I don't. No, you're probably right. Yeah, no, love it. I think it's really good. Um, on that note, I'm just going to talk about Torres briefly because he's obviously not in your team. You've gone for the two at the back. Um, we both shipped him this week, so I guess the thoughts are we're abandoning ship on that one, right? I mean, it's... I really, I really want it to work, and I still have slight faith that after Liverpool, because I don't expect he'll play that game, that he he will be a decent option. But I suppose when you just never get to see the lineups, you're never going to captain him. You never know if he is going to play or come in. It's it's really tough, isn't it? And and ultimately, when he does play, he probably only gets like seventy minutes. So I suspect his point totals at the moment, which have been two 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 zero 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 nineteen, it'll just continue along that vein. And catching that nineteen or twenty is just close to impossible is that is that how you feel now because i've changed my tune i agree yeah yeah i mean i think that's one of the regrets from overall team having him in obviously was 9.1 in a midfield slot it did kind of push you into having options elsewhere that were suboptimal as well mm. and so yeah i think that that'll be one of the the things i look back on at the end of the season and say you know, i've got that one wrong but i think like Traore. You know, you've got someone there who's capable of hitting a 20-pointer. And I think the fixtures coming straight out of the overhaul were, were decent enough. And then obviously he's on the bench. Mm. Um, and it looked as if his place was somewhat secure. So, yeah, I mean, I can... I, I still think it was a reasonable gamble and it was, it was an educated gamble, but it was a gamble. We knew that. And it hasn't worked out. So when it doesn't work, you can sit on it and let things get much worse I think it's quite clear at the weekend when he was on the bench against Chelsea he was also going to be on the bench against Liverpool this weekend they're both similar caliber teams and you think they want to put out their absolute best 11 so you know like you're looking at over two weeks without him playing at all he didn't even come off the bench I don't think so he's no. clearly not favored um isn't playing in the Champions League again I suspect that he is way out of way out of favor now and and, and his replacement who I don't know. If, did, did Jesus play kind of up front? I think he nah, did. It was Foden. It was Foden. Yeah, it's hard to know with that City lineup, but basically they won the game and they played brilliant. So I, I, I can't see him displacing anyone from that team in the short term. He might, he might end up playing, you know, one or two of the next four after Liverpool when they do have a good run. But I'm hoping by that point the players I've brought in, Gallagher as the replacement, and uh, Alonso can deliver the goods and, and, and get more points than, than he would have been able to offer. So, yeah, yeah it, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But I know you moved the one too, and I'm sure you're yeah. pretty happy that you did. I am, although Alonso gave me one point. But, yeah, I am. I think overall, I think I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with it. The thing is, I I didn't... Against the bigger teams, we did expect that they'd probably play a false nine, maybe that Kevin De Bruyne or whoever ended up being Foden. Now, Foden played really well. And then tonight in the Champions League, they've gone with Sterling up top. Um, and Foden's been rested. So that screams to me that they're going to play the same team they played against Chelsea against Liverpool with Foden up top again. The game after that is where I think Torres will probably get a game, but then where does Foden go? Because they, they kind of need to fit him in. He's playing so well, and you can't replace Bernardo Silva, whereas he's been talking about playing him in midfield, which is what I think Pep actually wanted to do this season but because Bernardo Silva was due to leave, right? But no one picked him up on it, and um, he's playing so well that he's almost caused him a problem now. So I think, if anything, Foden 
ends up maybe competing either at centre forward with Torres because he's doing well there now, so why change it? Or maybe goes out to the right with Jesus and Mares where he can play, or even gives Grealish the odd rest every now and then because he hasn't had a rest at all yet, right? Grealish, so he can play on that left side, which is arguably his best position as well. So it just becomes a bit of a minefield, and I'm not prepared to to take the gamble now. Um, we don't have a bench, so we've just got to rely on at least getting those two pointers right when they um. Uh, from from you know some of the other players like Mbomo only got two points this week, but I'll take that over over zero. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so let's move on to my team. I'll show you here on the video. Hopefully that's popped up now. As you can see, there's not too many different options. What my main goal here was when I saw Niall's team was just to give a little bit of variety. Um, so I've gone with Salah, Lukaku, Kane up top. Now, like Niall, I'd probably argue that Antonio right now is the better pick. Kane obviously offers that alternative and is the captain on paper that should do better. I know if you take this season out of the equation, who would you captain? You know, we'll take last season, for example, you'd want a Kane captain nearly any time he took to the pitch. So obviously has the penalties, which I think there's rumours Antonio might take the next one. Um, but... I think Kane's at least a lot more secure on those. Uh, generally, used to get a lot of shots as well. Not been happening of late, but he usually get used to get shots targeted. So I do, I do think he offers an alternative, and there's a real split at the moment between Sky Manager. I think the ones that have bought Kane and the ones that haven't. So it's going to be interesting how those weeks work out. I mean, even this week, for example, um, they're going almost head to head on that Sunday. But because I've invested that extra money, there's there's a downside in the fact that I don't really like the rest of the team as much as your team. But then there's the upside where I've got an extra flexible spot, the freemium, like you said. So it will actually save me transfers later down the line when Ronaldo's run gets good again or whatever. I can obviously just bring him straight back in. Whereas with the other team, you've probably got to do a little bit of work and, and, and sort out one of the defenders. In midfield, I've got that Rafinha and Gallagher. I've gone for Mbomo over Saar. Now, again, I probably would prefer Saar, but... I couldn't really afford him, and I thought Mbomo's run after the next couple of games is is better than Sars. So I'm thinking a little bit long term there. Um, yeah, so I think it, I think it's him or Sars that sits alongside Gallagher or Rafinha and me in the perfect midfield three. And then for now, I went for um, Ward Prowse as well. I don't really like having four in midfield, um, but it's just because Southampton have got a captain day a captain day coming up, and also Southampton's fixtures after Chelsea. Are pretty good for a sustained period so he's he's in there for that sort of multi-purpose reason really you can leave him in and he's got a captain day and obviously he's a he's a decent sky player right he generally churns out points but because he's 8.6 million i think the long-term plan would be to move him on after that captain day or when the fixtures go and then you can obviously get your christensen or whoever uh, or matip or whoever in defense and, and go back to four at the back again uh i've got diaz in there because i think he's essential pretty much from now on anyway um Rudiger and then Webster's there at the moment because again I still think he's going to be the best cheap defender to have long term I know he's injured at the moment so obviously you could put Duffy in um, instead and just sort of have him as a placeholder and uh, yeah Ramsdale and goal so that was just an alternative version I think I prefer yours though any comments I think I prefer mine as well but then I think the great upside to yours is you're going to be able to bring the cat sorry, bring Ronaldo back in mm. when his fixtures get great without having to move things around. So my team only had 0 0.4 in the bank, which would mean that I'd have to be moving around. The only player I could take out to bring in Ronaldo would be Salah, and I don't particularly want to do that. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's where the flexibility of having the big three up front definitely helps. 
But then, as you say, you're going to have to make sacrifices elsewhere. You're almost not wanting Rudiger and Diaz to keep clean sheets if you've only got kind of one of one of each versus the team that I've got, where you've got a double up. Yeah. Um, and then the midfield options, I think JWP. I I, I can see the appeal. The, fi- the fixtures are good, but really eight point six is quite a lot for someone who I doubt you've. I, I know you've got that one captain, Dave. I doubt he's got much of, a, of an appeal outside of that to have the armband on him. So. I feel like maybe you could have had Saren there instead of him and saved that budget and maybe upgraded yeah. Webster to someone a bit more in the premium bracket as defenders go. But I, I, I think this is this is going to be the argument for the season, right? Because we're going to be coming back to this constantly. I think every week that we've spoken in, uh, about, about the sky since the overhaul, we've had that, oh, do you need three up front or do you have two plus Antonio or do you have, yeah. you know... Antonio and Bamford and, and one big premium. I think it's going to vary week to week. Um, I really do. And so that's actually why in my own team, I've, I've gone for the, the the budget to have three of the premiums just because on the weeks where it looks like you don't need them, okay, I'm going to be thinking, why didn't I upgrade that money elsewhere? But the difference will be on the weeks that I think you do need them, I will be able to have them. And the, the people who are depending on having a cheaper striker won't be able to go there. So I think that's 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 going to be the the story of the season, I think. Um, although it will be much, much, much easier to manage with just two premium strikers, I think, if if Kane continues to play the way he is, because if that if that if that continues and his captaincy games pass without him doing much damage, then I think he can pretty much be ignored um, until he demonstrates form that can you know show that he can compete even with the likes of Antonio. Mm. So I think basically the whole freemium strategy rests firmly upon the shoulders of Harry Kane. I, I believe that. Um, and Antonio's hamstrings and, potentially. And, and Antonio's hamstrings, yeah, because um, yeah, if Antonio does get injured, I, I don't see. A great deal of options at that price in in the forward bracket that I want to have instead. No, of I, I suppose the one the one is Calvert Lewin, who we've been robbed of right now. I think he is the one who, like Antonio, is probably slightly underpriced. I mean, we didn't expect him to have penalties, right? So you, they wouldn't have priced him with penalties for a start. Then, even if they priced him as a fifteen goal a season striker, we're thinking, well, maybe he can get between fifteen and twenty with the penalties. And then, obviously, the whole team is geared towards. I mean, we've only seen him. He only played like three games, didn't he? But the whole game was was geared towards getting him the ball in the area. So considering yeah. he's two million cheaper, um, yeah, I feel that if you have the two premium strikers, so let's say you have Kane and Salah just for the, the budget reasons, obviously the two most expensive, and then you have the third striker with the option to go to Calvert-Lewin at 10 million, I feel like over the course of the season, if you've got that, that could do just as well as the premium as long as you get the, the, the three right. But... Like you say, it changes week on week. The one week that Ronaldo, you know, Salah, Lukaku, Kane, Aubameyang all score a load of goals, suddenly you feel like you're missing out. But the the key is really those those defenders. If Chelsea and Man City are just going to start churning out those passing bonus more than anything, because Chelsea have kind of missed out on that the last couple of weeks, um, and then obviously the 15 to 20 clean sheets, then it's fine, right? You, they will cover for it, I think. Um, and I... I think there's almost a blueprint now, like we can see from our two teams, they're very, very close. There's only a few players different, and and obviously that one player has a knock-on effect with the, with the striker. 
But I think that the blueprint is quite clearly there now, and I can't see it changing too much as we move forward. Now, that's quite brave for me to say, I think, but because of the way the Chelsea and the, and the City defenders are likely to perform and their prices, I can't really see there's too many other players that are going to break out. Can Can you see anyone else that's maybe going to suddenly break out? I think we've got our little pool of 15 to 20, and I feel like it's going to be very consistent over the season of those players, right now, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think... Um someone who we haven't talked about in this discussion at all is, is Trent. Um, you know, the, the Liverpool aren't looking as great defensively, but I still think he, the weekend he, he picked up passes and tackles. Um, he's still such a potent attacking threat. Mm. Um, and he seems to be outpassing the rest of the Liverpool defence as well. So when they have a, a really great run of games, I think he could he could feature as well. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It does seem like from the overhaul, when we were looking at a pool of say 30 to 35 players, that's narrowed down a hell of a lot since then. And now I think we're probably in a space where there's 15, maybe 20 max. Um, and a lot of those players are covered in, in both the teams that you see in front of you. Yeah, I agree. I think the keeper's still quite wide open. There's still quite a number of people you could go. I mean, I still favour Mendy overall. Um, and yeah, the, Antonio plus two premiums or three premiums up top, and then we've discussed the midfielders. Apart from Saar and Bomo, Gallagher, Rafinha, there's not too many. There's ones on the outskirts like Ben Rama's obviously should be mentioned. Sent maximum maybe Gray maybe, um, but then it comes down to so so really it's going to come down to between the top managers now is is hey, who can get to these kind of teams quick enough. Some people might already have them in their locker. Um, or be pretty close, and then obviously your captains who you're going to pick on those particular days because. As we can see already, there's so many games on one day this season compared to last that you are going to have to get them right more often than not. And I feel like that's where the difference is going to be made. So I've made more transfers than I've wanted in my team, but that's because I've made mistakes at the beginning of overhaul, which is what I did last season. And I want to, as much as I don't want to use the transfers, I had to try and act quickly and get the team that I want because I'm already losing points to the to the better teams every single week and like I say I don't see too much changing now there will be injuries right I, I've said I don't think there's much changing between the 15 and 20 players at the moment and of course there will be some sort of injuries that may change something but outside of that I can't see too many breaking forward let's um let's move on then shall we to the to this week and what we're doing with our teams etc um, let me bring up the fixtures so here they are in front of you guys um, yeah, how many games? One, two, three, four, five, six on the Saturday, four on the Sunday, and three at two o'clock on the Sunday. I don't think I've seen that for a long time. I don't know why that. Yeah, is. some really big decisions this Sunday. I think Sunday could be a, a pivotal day. I think in the in the overall uh, rankings and and also for the rest of the season because I think there's a <clears throat> bit of a crossroads developing where people are going to decide which camp they're in. Um, so we can talk about that, but let's have a look at Saturday first, I guess. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've obviously not got Ronaldo, so I'm going to be terrified of that 12:30 game again. The way Man United are playing, I've got a little bit of hope. <laughs> um, Everton have shipping a lot of goals, though, despite them doing quite well offensively. Um, and I suppose if Shaw's out, because we're not quite sure, I think he obviously went off with a knock, that could negatively affect them a bit, because he's, he's probably one of their better playmakers, to be honest. So yeah. I think less chances for Ronaldo. But I'm grasping at straws here. I'll be terrified of Ronaldo. I think a lot of people will be on Ronaldo captain for that day. Um, for me, I've I've obviously got the Chelsea defenders and I've got Lukaku home to Southampton. 
Now, before the overhaul, that looked really good to me, but the way Southampton have been playing of late, that does worry me a little bit. Chelsea are off the back of a Champions League game midweek as well, and last time they did that, I think they rotated quite a lot of their team. Um, that was the game you were talking about with Christensen and stuff. I think it was after the Champions yeah. League anyway. Albeit Lukaku did get a brace in that game. He did, he did, yeah. Um, and I suppose it, we're always clouded, right? Because they just played Man City and they offered very, very little. So suddenly in your mind you think, oh, Chelsea's attack's not looking that good. But yeah, yeah it was versus Man City, wasn't it? And they, they only played with two attackers and the whole team was the defenders, basically, or defensive midfielders. So, yeah, I'll be on Lukaku, long story short, home to Southampton. I think Ronaldo's probably the better choice, though, just on the basis that Everton look more likely to ship goals than Southampton, which I never thought I'd be saying at the beginning of the season because they've got, you know, so many players they've lost as usual. But Southampton, they do it again. They just keep surprising us. Salisu and Stevens, whoever they've got back there, they just they're keeping <laughs> the games quite low scoring. Yeah, yeah, I think they look they look pretty solid, Southampton. Um, but they're also not looking that great going forward. So I think this could, fingers crossed, touch wood, you know. All of that stuff maybe be the weekend that, that Chelsea finally get the passing bonus and maybe get a clean sheet as well. So hopefully, I know this is the start of their great run of fixtures, and I think the people who like ourselves did stack up a little bit on Chelsea in recent weeks haven't got the rewards that I think maybe we thought we were hoping we were, mm. were going to get. So hopefully, this is the this is the start of the run. Certainly, the start of the fixture run. But let's hope it's the start of the the passing bonus and the clean sheet run as well. Yeah, this is the point they need to shine. Like Man City last season, during that point where they had extra games around, I think it was just around Christmas or around the overhaul time, um, they had obviously more games and loads of really easy games, and they really delivered on that. And that's why I went heavy Chelsea on overhaul in preparation for this this little period. So hopefully it can pay dividends. Um, yeah, I think if I could see the lineups and Alonso was starting, I'd probably want to captain him over Lukaku in this game. I just feel like. The clean sheets, you know, I wouldn't say nailed, but it's you'd like to expect they would get one. And then obviously he's going to be floating around in the box like he does. So I wouldn't be surprised if he get he could get a monster haul there if he was playing. I just worry that he'll actually play is all. Yeah, that's that's the concern. And I was trying to think of what the best scenario would be to mean that he was playing at the weekend. Is it that if he starts against Juventus, does that mean that he's first choice and will therefore play again? Mm. Or if he starts that game, will he then be rotated and they'll bring in Chilwell? Or do you want Chilwell to start? And I think the best the best outcome would be Chilwell starts tomorrow night as an absolute stinker. And then uh, they lose the game and then, then Alonso's back at the weekend. But yeah, he, he is making me a little bit nervous now, the Alonso pick. But I'm, I'm hopeful that even if he doesn't start at the weekend, which I think on, on balance he probably should, but I'm hoping that he'll... He'll play most of the games in this in this great run of fixtures they've got, and he is the kind of player that's capable of getting a fifteen point haul at any time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only other game that really appeals to me, I mean, Wolves is obviously a decent game, but I don't think many people. I mean, you could captain Sar and hopefully get lucky again, but I wouldn't be doing that. Um, I don't think many people have Jimenez. So for me, it's the Leeds Watford game, right? I think Rafinha and Sar do offer alternatives as captain. However, against the big names of Ronaldo and Lukaku. Who I mean, we assume that Ronaldo is going to get penalties now, and we're still kind of assuming that Lukaku will take them over Jorginho. That they just, they probably just beat them right, just on the on the basis of being for playing for better teams at the pinnacle of the team and on penalties. But yeah. I, I don't hate the the punt. You know, if you wanted to go with Rafinha or Sar, I think it could do well, but it's probably not for me that. 
on on Sunday the third, there's obviously this quite a big split, I think, because I don't think it's just between the top managers who have who have obviously got Antonio or Kane probably in their team right now, but there's also a lot of people who have Salah, they'll have Man City assets. You know, I think across the player base, there will be a variety of captains on this day. Um, and this is exactly what I was talking about in terms of there are going to be days where if you get the wrong captain or if you don't own a certain person, which, which will inevitably be the case. I mean, I haven't got Salah for this game now because I've had to take him out for Kane. Now, could Salah score a brace against Man City? I mean, the form he's in, he scored again tonight. There's no doubt he could. And a lot of the casual player base might just leave it on Salah. So he could really hurt me in this game. Um... I have got Antonio and Kane though, so I'm still not sure. So I'm going to throw it over to you. Have you got? But you haven't got Kane, have you? So you're going to be on Antonio, I assume, are you? I have got neither at the moment. All right. So okay. in holding holding my nerve on Sunday, basically the reason I did that was because I couldn't decide between well, I couldn't decide between Ronaldo and Salah in terms of who I wanted to get rid of, just because Ronaldo's game against Everton this Saturday, I, I think I will captain him. Mm. Um, and then I'll take I'll take Ronaldo out. So Ronaldo will go out on Sunday, and it'll just be a case of whether it's Kane or Antonio. The way that Villa are playing, I could see them probably turning Spurs over. Spurs were absolutely turgid again at the weekend, mm. um, and Brentford pretty free flowing against Liverpool. So I could see that game. I could see there being goals in that game for Antonio. Um, it's going to be really really tough. And this is what I'm saying. It's a pivotal weekend in terms of which team you back. Because if I decide to back Kane, I'm not going to have Antonio for Brentford and I'm not going to have Antonio for Everton. Whereas if I back Antonio, I'm not going to have Kane for Villa yeah. and I'm not going to have Kane for Newcastle. And so it could be some huge swings if depending on which which of those two players does better. You know, It might be that one gets back-to-back two-pointers and the other one gets back-to-back braces. That's just... That is this... This Sky game in a nutshell, mm. small decisions can reap big rewards or can have huge downsides. So that's going to be the big call. I think for me, I'm, I'm actually probably leaning towards Antonio. Um, I'm, I'm a big, big, big admirer. I always have been a big fan of Harry Kane and he's he's been such a great asset down the years and thrown the armband on him probably most of the time that I've had him in the team, but he just doesn't quite look himself right now and Spurs don't look great. Even having said that, he could have had a brace at the weekend. You know, they could have had a penalty. He missed that headed chance that was that was a pretty good one. That he had the one on one that he put wide. Um, Ramsdale made a decent save. He's still he's still getting some chances. Mm. Um, but I think Antonio does look does look great just now. And um, if he if the rumours are true and he is going to be taking the next penalty, I think that's even another just kind of. I think that's just another uh, another stat that goes in his favour too. So yeah. uh, I'm leaning towards Antonio. These all the things you're saying there are the reasons why I said I can do Antonio over Ronaldo, and I get a red card and Ronaldo gets a brace. So let's see what you get. I bet you don't get as bad luck as me. <laughs> I, I now the tables are turned and I might go Kane. Watch Antonio get three and and Harry Kane do absolutely nothing. Um, before before you know, obviously those two are the options because they've got the game a week on Sunday. But I want to talk to you about a forgotten man. So, the third highest scoring striker in the game is Jamie Vardy right now, right? He's had three double-digit hauls in his last, and in, in the, the six games, and he scored in one of the other ones. He only had two two-pointers. He, he had the ball in the net three times at the weekend. Obviously, one was, a, one was in his own net. But do you think he's 
being ignored? Are we are we not talking about him? What's what's wrong with Jamie Vardy? What have yeah. you not thought about it at all? I haven't, and I suppose it's it's a number of things, isn't it? First of all, his price is awkward. He's not in that top premium, and then you're not going to budget for just to have 10.6 million in your team. Well, you might do, but I wouldn't. So then you either leave your money in the bank, or you've got Antonio, who's 8.8, who's arguably better for cheaper. So it's the awkward price point is one. Obviously, the fact that Vardy has got a history of trolling us as well is another factor that just shouldn't matter, but it does psychologically just think, I don't need this guy. Every time he's on my team, he doesn't seem to do anything. And then obviously he's getting on as well, right? He is aging a little bit. Um, and then they've got Iñacho and they've signed Daka. So I, can, I completely understand the reasons of not having him. But looking at his points halls here on the screen, they are very impressive. And I saw actually the um, uh, Let's Talk FPL, Andy, who doesn't really play Sky, but this, this year he was giving it a go. He had Vardy in his team and he captained him again this week. And he's flying up the ranks. He's doing really well. So yeah, I mean, I, don't, I think he is a good option. I just... I can't see myself going there, but I can't deny that he is good. He's only in 4.7% of the top 1k, so I suppose he can't really hurt us too much. 13% overall, though, so decent enough ownership. But the bottom line is, if he keeps delivering, then then we'll probably look to him and look to bring him in, right? Because that's what we do, <laughs> as annoying as it is. You know, the form and, and the fact that he keeps returning points, you, you end up not being able to ignore him. But yeah, he, he's a good option. And even for captain, I mean, that's another one you've now made me scare of versus Palace. I mean, Palace have looked good, but... Um, they they sort of have possession football, don't they, and push up the pitch or try to now. So it's almost perfect for countering for Vardy. Uh, you would have thought if they can get hold of the ball and just release him quickly. And it, and I already mentioned that Salah could do fine against Man City. I think you could even uh, captain Diaz versus Liverpool. He could if you really wanted to. You could just hope that it's a, a turgid game. I mean, Man City just dispatched of Chelsea two 0 quite easily. I don't think this will be as easy as that game because I think Liverpool's attack's a little bit better but potentially you could get passing and potentially you could get a clean cheek that happens in any game I wouldn't do that but I'm just saying there's multiple captains you've got Salah, Diaz you've got Vardy you've got Kane you've got Antonio I think those are the main ones and you, you probably can't have them all and um, and your team Luke you've obviously got Antonio and Kane in your team mm. so you've got a decision to make even between those two as to where you go I think you know, that, that'll be nice comfort for you, knowing that whichever direction you go in, you're not going to be punished as badly as maybe some others. Mm. Yeah. Um, but which way are you leaning at the moment? Well, I'm probably going to go Kane, just because I'm aware that, first of all, my team's dipped down a lot compared to the top teams because of my decisions in the last few weeks. Now, some would argue, therefore, you start making the rational ones and the same ones as all them and just go Antonio, because that's what a lot of them will be on and won't have gone to Kane. But I, I see it as a catch-up week for now, for me, potentially, right? So if Kane does score a brace in that game, man of the match or whatever, and Antonio just does nothing or gets one goal, I've made all my points back, right, on a player that a lot, a lot of people will have in their team. I mean, what is Kane's ownership? I'm just going to have a little look here. So already, I know it's uh, early season, but... 20. Okay, oh, 20 in the top 1K. Okay, it's a, lot 1K. Higher. it's a lot higher than I thought. What's Antonio? It's 35. Okay, so not too much in it. Um, but I still think, I mean, amongst the group chats that I'm in and everything, a lot of the, the top players that I know haven't necessarily gone Kane. So it's a way for me to potentially catch up or, or lose out again. So I probably will go Kane just on that basis. But 
maybe the lineups will affect me. You know, maybe I'll get there and look at the team and West Ham will put their normal team out. It looks great. And then Spurs at the moment have got a couple of injuries, right? No creativity in midfield. Um, they've had like Mora and stuff, but Bergwijn, not 100%. So I guess the lineups might dictate a bit. If I look, if I like the look of it, it's very offensive, then I might just go Kane. But um, A couple of big captaincies for you this weekend, then you're kind of going against the against the majority yeah. on Saturday with Lukaku 30, 34% versus Ronaldo's 85% owned. Jesus. And then on Sunday, it's uh, 20% Kane versus, I'm guessing, probably Antonio's 35. So, yeah. And, and both those numbers will probably increase on, on Sunday because people will start bringing them in. But I think yeah. Antonio now probably looks more appealing to, to most people, I would say, than Kane does. So Kane could still be that huge differential that everyone who has jumped on him early, was hoping he would be. I still think he's got all of the potential to do that. It's just, are that Spurs team good enough to beat Aston Villa at home? I'm not even sure they are. Yeah, um, it's a concern so... right now. It's certainly a <laughs> yeah. concern, yeah. No, you're right. In terms of if you just look at the individual teams and the players, there's no contest. West Ham are a much better team at the moment. Antonio's in much better form. Uh, and then when you look at the opponents, Brentford and Villa, you'd say, I know Brentford have been doing better than we expected, but Villa have been reasonably solid as well. So you'd both say they're, they're both pretty solid. So I don't think there's too much in that, really. Um, it's more just the differential. But yeah, you're right. That's when I think about it, going against Ronaldo on the Saturday and then going against Antonio on the Sunday, it's going to be a make or break week for me again, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks for that, Noel. I didn't even realise it was quite Sorry, that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I'll be laughing on the next video. Um, okay, I think I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. I don't think we've got anything else to say. Um, the overriding message for me was don't be afraid to use those transfers. I know a lot of the pods will tell you you don't use transfers, you save them. And yes, that's general advice. But I think if you've made mistakes early on, this is where your transfer can count for a lot. We've got until the end of February when we have that next overhaul probably or, or somewhere around there anyway. So you have to think a transfer used now and if it's a correct one, you know, one that is a decent one that you think is long term, that amount, the amount of points he's going to make you in that period, presuming he stays in your team, is well worth just getting it done early. And that's always been my principle. If you make mistakes, to sort them out quite quickly. Um, and I think then you can probably hold for quite a long time. For Hopefully there'll be a point where we don't get injuries every week and we can actually sit on a team for a little while. That would be nice. Um, we do and it, need to start tightening the purse strings. So that's the last thing I would say is that generally this point in the season, right, October, November, the fixtures are quite predictable and steady. There's not an, a great deal of midweek games and random fixtures dotted about everywhere. This is probably the time where you should look to batten down the hatches a bit and maybe yeah. preserve transfers. But I agree with you. Straight out of the box on the overhaul, if you've got glaring issues in your team that need fixed, fix them now rather than letting them fester for, for weeks and months ahead. Yeah, yeah. And then it's very much batting down the hatches once you've got to that team, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, okay, a final nod then to the members area. Uh, obviously, if you get yourself logged into the site, if you sign up for it, there's lots of stats available. I'm just going to bring them back up on this screen here. I've got the passing bonus stats, as you can see, tackles for midfielders, etc. Um, they all help to assist in our decision making. Um, yep, yeah, so get yourself on that if you can. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Good luck, everyone. Catch you on the next one.